Welcome to the Money Hour with Tina Mitchell. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC. The views expressed by the speakers on the following program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC. Now, in the studio, local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome to the Money. You're on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, April 1st show. No, it's not April Fool's Day in studio today. We're talking about real facts that you need to know. I am your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. Each week I share expert advice and inside knowledge on today's events in our local economy and how it can affect your money. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but I'm here to answer any questions or better yet, connect you with the guests that I have on the show today. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's one 855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And the lineup for today's show, Joe Kaiser and Jason Fox with John L. Scott, how to do real estate business in a supercharged seller's market. Also in studio, Mason Mackey with Pacific Northwest Insurance, the benefits of having an independent insurance agent. And last guest in studio, Dennis Graves with Newcastle Accounting and Bookkeeping LLC. Small businesses need a professional bookkeeper. Great information, amazing guest in studio. For more information on any topics discussed or topics you'd like to hear on future shows, please call into the show at one 855 411 Again, that's one 855 411 or online at com. And now for today's Money Chat. Money. Money. I got the guests jamming out to the music uh, money chat today. It's going to be an awesome show. Fannie Mae announcement, two credit insurance risk transfer transactions on $20.5 billion of single-family loans. Fannie Mae announced it's complete to the first two traditional credit insurance risk transfer transactions of 2017, covering existing loans in the company's portfolio. The two deals, CERT 2017-1 and CERT 2017-2, became effective on February 1st and covered $20.4 billion in loans. Fannie Mae announced the deals as part of the ongoing effort to reduce taxpayer risk by increasing the role of private capital in the mortgage market. To date, Fannie Mae acquired nearly $4 $4 billion of insurance coverage on just under $160 billion of loans through the CERT program. Now, these two CERT transactions transferred $510 million of risk and were met with a record number of participants, which included 16 reinsurers and insurers. Rob Schaefer, Fannie Mae Vice President for Credit Enhancement Strategies and Management, stated, We are pleased with the growing interest in our CERT program and will continue to take steps to build liquidity in the risk-sharing market through the regular and transparent of our credit risk transfer transactions. In the first deal, Fannie Mae retains the risk for the 50 basis points in the loss over $18.1 billion in pools of loans. If this $90 million retention layered is exhausted, reinsurers will cover the next 250 basis points of loss in the pool, up to a maximum coverage of about $452 million. Now, on the second deal, the GSE will retain risk for the first 50 basis points of loss on a $2.3 billion pools of loans. If the $11.5 
million retention layer is exhausted and insurance will cover the next 250 basis points on the loss on the pool, up to a maximum coverage of 57.5 million. Now, Fannie Mae explained coverage for these deals to provide based for actual losses for the term for 10 years. Now, depending on the pay down of the insurance pool, the principal amount of the insurance loans that became seriously delinquent, the aggregate coverage amount may be reduced by the one-year anniversary of each anniversary of the effective date thereafter. Fannie Mae may cancel the coverage at any time on after the five-year anniversary of the affected date by paying cancellation fee. Now, since 2015, Fannie Mae has transferred a portion of the risk-based risk credit risk of 944.2 billion in single-family mortgages measured at the time of transaction, including the full contract amount of the front and CERT transactions. Through this credit risk, transfer efforts include CERT, Connected Avenue Securities, which is CAS, and other forms of risk transfer. As of December 31st, 2016, $647.5 billion in outstanding unpaid principal balances of loan and single-family conventional guaranteed book of business were included in the reference pool for risk credit risk transferring transactions. Now, depending on the market conditions, Fannie Mae expects to continue coming to the market with CERT and CAS deals that allow private capital to gain exposure to the U.S. housing market. So Fannie Mae helps make the 30-year fixed-rate mortgage and affordable renting housing possible for millions of Americans. We partner with lenders to create housing opportunities for families across the country, from Fannie Mae. They are driving positive chains in housing finance to make home buying process easier while reducing cost and risk. So it's great that we have the secondary market available, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Today's conversation was on Fannie May, but without the secondary market, the lending and what we're able to do in the mortgage arena and helping the consumers and homeownership would not be where it's at today. Coming up next on the Money Hour, do you want to know how to do real estate business in a supercharged seller's market? I have Joe Kaiser and Jason Fox with John L. Scott right here on 1150 AM KKNW after this short break. Here's what Jeremy Holmes, Linwood homebuyer, had to say about the Madrona Group. We worked with the Madrona Group to help us find a new home for our family. It was my first time purchasing a home. My wife was already a homeowner, and the team was incredibly helpful and informative. I really felt that we had an advocate through the whole process, and every time I had a question, concern, or even something I didn't understand, they would get me whatever I needed. Overall, they went above and beyond, and I would happily recommend them to anyone looking to purchase a home. We give them five stars. Hi, this is Joe Kaiser. And me, Jason Fox. We're the Madrona Group at John L. Scott. You can call us at 206-351-0543. Or visit us online at themadronagroup.com. Again, that phone number is 206-351-0543. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Now, back to the show 
with local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, April 1st show. I am dedicated to my listeners, providing you with the tools needed to make informed decisions on matters that affect everything regarding your money. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but you can always call the show at one 855 411150 or go online at themoneyar.com to ask any questions or get connected with the guests that I have in studio today. Right now, I'm going to have a conversation with Joe Kaiser and Jason Fox with Jamal Scott. How to do real estate business in a supercharged seller's market. Thanks, you guys, for joining me in studio for the first time. Thank you, Tina, for having us. And a little bit about Joe and Jason. Joe and Jason work together as a team at John L. Scott Real Estate. They specialize in residential real estate in the Puget Sound area. Joe has been a licensed real estate producer for many years and a perennial John L. Scott Production Award winner. He was born and raised in the Edmonds area and loves to ride Harleys. Jason has over 10 years experience with real estate marketing and pulls out all the stops when marketing a home. He was born and raised in Everett and loves spending time with his three children. And again, our topic for uh, our show today, uh, is how to do real estate business in a supercharged seller's market. And and man, what a supercharged <laughs> seller's market that we're in. Yeah. So Jason, what makes this market a surging seller's market? Yeah, well, the first thing we want to look at, or I would look at, is kind of doing an eye test. So if you're anything like me, um, you probably are watching your neighborhood and you're kind of looking for for sale signs and you're kind of watching to see how often they go up and how quickly they come down. You might have noticed that recently uh, probably fewer for sale signs are going up, but when they do go up, they come down a lot faster. Mm -hmm. Um, But beyond the eye test is the actual data. And what the data tells us uh, right now, we have approximately a 0.7 month supply of inventory. Crazy. It is crazy. And, um, the reason why, and what that means is that if nobody were to list their home over the next, say, two weeks, um, we'd run out of homes to sell. Yeah. And uh, the norm or the neutral point is approximately six months. So they say anything under six months is a seller's market. So as you can tell, 0.7 months. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, and I had I just um, heard that in King County, just King County, single-family condos and or single-family homes and condos combined together were about 1,800. And just what you said in months left, that is less of eight to 10,000 properties. So it's huge. So Joe, to you, does this mean that buyers in this market are out of luck? <laughs> it would sound so, <laughs> listen to those statistics for sure. But no, absolutely not. Really what it means, it's actually a great time to buy, ironically. Uh-huh. We're kind of in the situation where it's a perfect storm. First of all, we still have significantly low interest rates. So, you know, money's still really affordable. But in addition to that, you know, the media is really shine a light on the, how competitive it is out there. And buyers are just plain beat up and tired. Yeah. They've been working with um, agents that maybe don't know how to navigate in this in this type of a market. And so they're tired of throwing money at pre-inspections. They're tired of having their offers not even looked at or not knowing what happened. So they're getting out of the, out of the market a little bit and getting out mm-hmm. of the way for people that are buyer ready day one, that are ready to have an agent that knows how to navigate through it. In addition to that, we also have, you know, a seasonal thing right now. As spring comes, people start to get ready to sell their home. We're starting to see inventory t- tick up a little bit. And uh-huh. any move is really significant with what we've been facing the last couple of years, really. So, um, you know, all the excitement, the buzz is in the air. And also, when you have the media talking about this uh, seller frenzy and there's not enough inventory, buyers that 
weren't going to sell maybe for two, three years are all of a sudden seeing the need to sell right now, too. So yes. in addition to spring coming and the natural uh, tick up of inventory, we're going to also have an influx of homes of people that maybe weren't going to sell for a year or two that really want to capitalize on that. So that's going to make it a lot better for buyers getting in the market today. Yeah, and I love how you say uh, navigate through the process. And that's why it's so important to work with seasoned agents that understand how to navigate in the process. And that's the whole reason for the show and why I have guests like you guys in studio. So Jason, part of the navigating through the process, I would imagine, is you know really being able to um, have the activities that you need to do to prepare and get ready. So for my buyers listening to the show, what advice would you have for them, Jason? Right. So, you know, what you want to do is just hop in your car and kind of drive until you see a for sale sign. <laughs> no, not really. So what we're going to suggest is find a... <laughs> that sounded good. <laughs> we're going to suggest you find a knowledgeable agent like you pointed uh-huh. out. And uh, we, we have a phrase we use, buyer ready day one. And what does that mean? The first thing is you got to be ready to move quickly. And mm-hmm. when we say that, we don't mean... Um, making a hasty decision buying a home. But when you do get out there and you find a home that you love and you say, okay, I want to buy this house, everything's going to happen real fast right now because we are in this market. And so it's really important to be mortgage ready day one, uh, Tina, which Mm -hmm. I'm sure you can speak on. Uh, But it's also really important to kind of understand the buying trends and what's going on in the market today. Uh, In addition, um, having a buying strategy. So, you know, sitting down with your agent and understanding things like location, condition, and price and what that means with your buying power. And also uh, putting together a wants and needs analysis. So oftentimes there's a lot of things we want in a home. (laughs) We kind of go out and look and, and we realize that there's some things we absolutely need. So. So it sounds like the preparation is key, being ready day one, it's stepping back and getting everything prepared up front, understand, like you said, knowing what your uh, your needs are, what you're willing to give up, where the maximum that you're willing to go in these multiple offer scenarios. And if you can do that, you're ready to go. And all you do is you're just running with your best foot forward. If it doesn't work out, you don't quit the fight. You just keep on fighting. Yeah. So Joe, um, I know lending is a big part of it, being that that's what I do. And your lending <laughs> partner is a huge part of it. What do you tell your buyers that they need to be asking from their lender to be able to be ready in this market? Well, that's a great question, Tina, because, um, and the one that should probably be pointed towards you. But, you know, when I get started with a buyer, you know, I, 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 from the very beginning, it's to let them know that the lender is one of the most important keys to this whole process and that, um, you know, they need to be mortgage ready day one, that they need to understand that there is a difference between going online and getting a pre-approval letter mm-hmm. and actually being underwritten or even approved, you know, and so that stuff needs to be, but they need to be a working part of the whole transaction. So they need to be able to um, be available. You know, one of the things that I do when I'm in a multiple offer situation, I kind of already understand the financing, but once we've submitted that offer, you know, the lender, it's nice when the lender can go ahead and take some due diligence and, and give a call and verify yes. the strength of the financing. Mm-hmm. It takes one less thing that the that the um, seller's agent needs to do because um, it happens all too often where somebody has this pre-approval, they go out, they fall in love, they get their offer accepted yes. to find out that the lender didn't do the due diligence and the deal falls through. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, just a working part of the team from the very beginning. And so I will speak on this since you gave permission for me to do so. <laughs> and this is what I do. It's it's crucial. I You know, timing is important as well. Make sure that your lender is able to close in a 30-day closing mm. or less. Um, what does that mean? Have a guarantee on your closing, which I do. A financial backing to ensure the loan closes on time. Also, you mentioned on the financing statistics show last time that I uh, saw 30% of mortgages fall out because of the financing. So they are actually pre-approved and then the mortgage falls apart. 
So having some type of financial commitment, which by the way, I have 5,000, to guarantee that the seller, the financing is not going to fall through because of something that the buyer did. You know, if they lose their job, they lose their job. They're not going to get a loan, but there should be a financial backing Mm -hmm. um, on that. Um, So it's critical. And then being accessible. When are they accessible? You've got to be available to make those calls to the listing agent on the weekend or the evening as soon as that offer is getting submitted and say, hey, I've got a great buyer. You can rest assured we're going to get the job done on time. And I think somebody having local is important uh, as well. They're building that relationship. And go to your realtor and find out who they're using because I guarantee you the lending partner that they're introducing you to, they are a part of their team. And it's critical for them to have those power partners together to make sure the process goes well. So trust them. You're hiring your agent for their expertise, which is part of who do you need to work in the process to pull that team together. So Jason, um, what are buyers asking their agent? Or Joe. Yeah. I'll throw this one at you, Joe. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll go ahead and take that one. That sounds good. Well, hopefully they're asking a lot of their agent right now. The day of being a, uh, you know, having a day job and being a part-time agent, it should yeah. be gone because, as you can see, there's a lot of variables that come together. So really, what if I had to boil it down, it would be a local expert, someone that understands the market and the area in which your family's trying to move to. Um, be a good negotiator, and there's a lot that goes into yeah. that. It, you know, people think if I, oh, I'm approved for way more, you know, it comes a lot more than just a, um, the highest amount. You need to start communication, you know. Um, when I'm getting ready to submit an offer, there's a lot of phone calls I make, mm-hmm. you know. It's starting by talking to, you know, what's enticing to the seller? You know, I need to know from the seller agent. So they know that they have someone that can also uh, work through the process. Uh, take strong communication. Um, have a long, a, a strong um, market knowledge. And just, again, a full-time commitment to their clients and not yep. overcommitted, you know? I say for a real estate agent, it's um, experience, expertise, and reputation. That's going to make or break that process for you. Uh, Joe, in a multiple offer situation, how are you helping your buyers navigate through that? Um, well, first of all, you've got another contingencies and, um, and the power that they hold for negotiating. You got to start with letting the clients know that this is normal, everyday business. Yes. This is what we see in every offer. So to not be scared about it, understand what the needs and what the capabilities of your sellers are, so that you put them in a situation that's optimal, not overcommitting them. Um, but just preparing them is the bi- biggest thing, and understanding, you know, the powers you have with different contingencies, yeah. and being able to explain what escalations are, things like that. Um, just a, a big really just being available to make sure that they understand the process that they're in and try to remove the fear. That yeah, that's and, why you're here. And, and I love that, Joe, because a lot of buyers, they don't do this every day. So they have really no idea what it is getting in the marketing, letting them know, you know, this is normal. This is a normal market. And here's the benefits that you're going to be receiving from getting into this normal, crazy market. Right. So Jason, uh, what does this market mean for all of my listeners that are thinking, Maybe I should sell. Yeah. In a nutshell, it's the best time to sell. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to sound like the stereotypical salesperson as like, oh, well, now is the best time. But as you know, all the data that we've shared and, and the fact that today literally is April 1st, which is, according to Zillow, the very best time to list your home, uh, this could be quite possibly the hottest seller's market we've ever seen. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Um, so, you know, when selling your house, I think there's two things that people are kind of concerned with. Uh-huh. They want to get the most amount of money and they want to do it in the quickest amount of time. Yes. And this market is going to afford both of those. Exactly. So the other key thing, too, is most sellers are looking at moving up and buying another home. Majority of them are. And being that, um, Joe, you know, you mentioned this, we're, we always have a market that's short money, short sellers or short buyers. We're short sellers right now. We have tons of money 
low cost to get into a mortgage. So what's going to happen, Mr. Seller, if you're thinking of selling your home when the interest rates go up to 6 7 8%, which they will, mm-hmm. it's going to be a whole di- another dynamic. You're not going to be able to, or um, it's going to be a lot harder. So now is the time. Uh, Joe, what do you mean by contingencies? Can you talk about that a little bit? Oh, yeah. The short of it, a contingency usually is used as a protection when a buyer is putting forth an offer. Um, it's kind of a fail-safe that they have the after the offer is accepted, they get to actually um, do some due diligence to make sure it's really what they want. Now, in this market, it actually provides a little peace of mind to the sellers because uh, instead of using it as a, uh, necessarily a protection, it's often used now as a negotiation piece. People yeah. are waiving certain contingencies or, you know, uh, like, for example, if a sh- they might be waiving their inspection contingency or in the event of a short appraisal, they're bringing cash to the table, yeah. so they're waiving their financing. So it's really something that could be a double-edged sword right now. Yeah, and it's a, you said it earlier. It's just knowing what those contingencies are, what you're willing to give up to get that home. Uh, Jason... How do you get a listing maximum exposure? Yeah, so as we kind of talked about in the bios, my background is uh, real estate marketing. So I've been helping real estate agents. uh, I've known you through years through all of your expertise on Arena. Right, exactly. (laughs) So that's kind of what I'm bringing to the table. But what we like to do that's kind of unique uh, is our listing launch. And uh, basically, we're going to make a big deal Uh out of your home. I mean, and we should because it is a big deal and it's a big event for everybody. But uh, in a nutshell, we're going to kind of talk about or we're going to do some staging if it's necessary. Mm -hmm. We're going to hire professional photographers to do HD. Uh, photos and 3D virtual scans for uh-huh. all of our listing. Uh, open houses Saturday and Sunday. We, uh, we're going to include the neighbors. Um, yeah. So we're going to canvas the neighborhood because, you know, what statistics show us 76% of people that move into a neighborhood were referred by a neighbor uh, or a family wow. member. Right. So so that's a good referral source. We're going to blast it out with postcards, email, social media. Okay. And we're even going to build your listing or your home a website. Nice. Um, yeah, so we got a unique marketing plan for each listing. Um, and I think it's important because a lot of sellers may think it's, you know, um, spending that extra energy, expertise, and time and how you market for the maximum exposure really isn't important because there's tons of buyers and we're going to have people just knocking at our door to take it the house. The real truth is... It's all about what you said early. It's maximizing the profit. So you want to bring in as many buyers as you possibly can that are going to bid that home up, ultimately getting you um, uh, the highest uh, profit. So best time to sell. We talked about it right now. (laughs) Zillow says statistics right now. Interest rates are low. Rates are going to go up. You can get into a new home, take advantage of these great rates, get the top dollar for your house, get multiple offers. Um, Just a a great time. Great time for a seller and great time for you guys, buyers out there as well. You just can't give up. You got to get out there, fight the fight, take advantage of the cost of money low where it's at right now before it increases. Thank you guys so much. It was an awesome uh, conversation with you. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Tina. Look forward to having you back. Yeah, look forward to it. Coming up next on the Money Hour. Learn the benefits of having an independent insurance agent. Mason Mackey with Pacific Northwest Insurance right here at 1150 after this short break. Here's what Jeremy Holmes, Linwood homebuyer, had to say about the Madrona Group. We worked with the Madrona Group to help us find a new home for our family. It was my first time purchasing a home. My wife was already a homeowner, and the team was incredibly helpful and informative. I really felt that we had an advocate through the whole process, and every time I had a question, concern, or even something I didn't understand, they would get me whatever I needed. Overall, they went above and beyond, and I would happily recommend them to anyone looking to purchase a home. We give them five stars. 
Hi, this is Joe Kaiser. And me, Jason Fox. We're the Madrona Group at John L. Scott. You can call us at 206-351-0543. Or visit us online at themadronagroup.com. Again, that phone number is 206-351-0543. Is your small business beginning to experience some success and grow? As an owner or a partner, it can be very difficult to find enough time to address all the necessary business functions. Accounting and bookkeeping is the backbone to a small business's financial records, and you need a certified professional to make sure activities are coordinated properly. However, for many small businesses like yours, hiring a full-time employee just isn't feasible. Outsourcing this critical function to a local professional accounting and bookkeeping firm that has the knowledge and experience to keep your business running smoothly can be the perfect solution. Hi, I'm Dennis Graves. If your small business is in need of assistance with your financial accounting, please give me a call at 425-919-7546 or visit us on the web at newcastleacct.com. Thank you, and I'm looking forward to working with you. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here on 1150 AM, KKNW, the Saturday, April 1st show. I built a network of elite industry professionals every week sharing their knowledge and expertise to you, my listener. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. To talk with the guests I have in studio day, you can call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's one 855 411150 or online at themoneyr.com. Right now in studio, I have Mason Mackey with Pacific Northwest Insurance, and we're going to be discussing the benefits of having an independent insurance agent. Mason, thank you so much for joining me in studio. First time for you as well. Thanks for having me, Tina. Great to be here. And a little bit about Mason. Mason was born and raised in Phoenix, Arizona, and moved into the Seattle area about three years ago. Uh, The opportunity in Seattle is what drew him to the city as well as trying to escape the 100-plus degree weather. I get that. Uh, Mason has been in the insurance industry for nearly five years, assisting people from all walks of life. He specializes in helping his clients identify their insurance needs and provide them with the right coverage to best fit their situation. Mason believes that honest... Transparent communication is the key to providing his clients the smooth, possible experience. He has a passion for helping people and strives to be most useful in everything when it comes insurance. So, Mason, I'm excited to uh, break it down on independent agent, what that means, the importance of homeowners insurance. And so let's start out with uh, explaining to my listeners, what is an independent agent? Sure, that's a great question, Tina. Um, So an independent insurance agent typically represents a a number of companies. So not just one company when it comes to a direct writer with a lot of companies that you might see on TV or or anything and advertisements. And and, uh, so the benefit of kind of having that is is there's a a number of different markets that I can represent to to maybe help people find their their best fit or or obviously price is important as well to kind of locate the best... uh, um, you know, fit for their situation and whatever that is. And, and, uh, 
Um, so yeah, being an independent agent's been uh, uh, great. I, I love the opportunity and kind of ability to work with a, a number of different carriers. Yeah, that sounds like a huge benefit to be able to really shop around for the, the tailored plan that's going to work best for what your client's need is. Now, I talked a little bit about your background coming from uh, hot Arizona here to the uh, Seattle market, but uh, what else? A little bit more about your background, Mason. Sure. So um, I, I grew up in Phoenix. I've, I've, um, I've been in the insurance industry typically my whole life. My dad is, is in the insurance business as well. Mm-hmm. And, and so I've learned from a, a young age just all the, the different lingo and everything that comes with insurance. And so naturally, I've kind of navigated um, to, to this line of work. And, and uh, so, yeah, I, I was with a, a direct writing company prior mm-hmm. to this and, and uh, just really saw the opportunity with representing those, those multiple different companies. And, and uh, so it's really been great kind of going forward for my career and, and um, you know, to just really best, best help people in, in any way that I can when it comes to their insurance. That is, that's great. Great. So let's talk about the factors that form an insurance premium for an individual. Right. And, and that's a great question as well. Many people might not honestly know that. And, uh-huh. and uh, so when it comes to kind of forming an insurance premium for someone, um, there's a number of different factors that go into it, whether it's um, their zip code of where they live, um, their credit score is, yeah. a, is a big factor in the last number of years to, to help with um, premiums, as well as driving histories, important tickets, accidents, claims on their home, anything like that um, goes into it, as well as the length of, of their prior insurance that they've had. And, and uh, so there's kind of a whole whole different um, aspect that goes into an insurance premium, but uh, a lot of those good credit, yes. you know, clean record, no claims, that really helps drive the, the cost down for people looking for a good good price on their insurance. Mason, what about the claim from the house that they're buying? If that, if that owner had claimed on that house, does that affect a new buyer that comes in as well? That does not. So typically a claim follows the Person. So whether it. it happened prior, you know, at somewhere they were renting, yeah. a claim happened that would unfortunately follow them to their new home that they're buying. But no, it does not affect someone's house that they might be purchasing okay. from the previous owner. And just so you know, in the mortgage arena, I mean, a lot of times your credit score is just where it needs to be to get that perfect interest rate. And when you're going to shop for uh, homeowners insurance, you do a soft pull, correct, Mason? Absolutely. So it doesn't affect your credit score at all. So I thought I would uh, chime that in. So Mason, what causes insurance rates to go up for certain companies? Well, that's a great question as well, Tina. I've I, know, uh, I come. I've got some awesome questions that I come you, up with. You really do. I appreciate <laughs> that. And and uh, so some people kind of wonder a lot of times why after a few years with this company or something, I haven't had any tickets, no claims. What's the reason that my cost is going up for my insurance? And and the reason for that being that um, we've seen a lot of companies in the last number of years have uh, um, been on the rise as far as kind of the amount that they're paying out yeah. versus the amount that they're taking in. And, and so obviously when those factors start to um, not offset each other anymore, then, then companies do unfortunately take rate increases. And, and so cost of medical, cost of repairs mm-hmm. for vehicles, homes has really been on the rise in the 2000s. And so we've seen a lot of companies that have lost billions of dollars, honestly, yeah. to, to their then unfortunately kind of stuck in that situation where they have to raise the cost of their insurance. And and so kind of tying back to the independent side, maybe a company, something like that might happen. Well, we've got a number of different options to then, you know, look to maybe help lower that cost with a different company that we offer. Makes sense. And, you know, the understanding the why behind, I mean, that makes total sense. I understand if I had an insurance increase and there wasn't something better out there in another insurance carrier, the fact that the cost have gone up, obviously, 
that has to be passed on to the consumer. Otherwise, we would have no insurance companies being able to stay in business to insure us. So the why makes a lot of sense. What about needing more insurance? Do you have clients that really should be having more insurance than what they have? You bet. And and, uh, a great product for that is an umbrella. A lot of people, Mm -hmm. um, homeowners, it's a great, I always offer that to any homeowner that I see buying a home. And it kind of essentially gives you some extra liability coverage in increments of a million. Um, And so anybody that owns a home might have some equity or or some assets that they really need to protect their family if they were to get in a bad accident or, or, you know, someone injured on their their property or anything like that wanted to come after them. Um, The umbrella would help step in with lawsuit costs or or anything like that, uh, um, subrogation, anything like that. So it's, it's a great product that we offer. It's honestly... 10 to $20 a month for an, another million dollars of liability coverage. And, and I always try to recommend that to anybody, that would especially That be crazy homeowner. that someone would not have, you know, would not have that um, extra coverage for 10 to 20 bucks a month. Absolutely. That's crazy. So uh, Mason, how often do you advise your clients to call you up and kind of get a review of what's happening with their current policy? Sure. I, um, at least every couple years is, okay. is a great opportunity. I mean, life changes along yeah. the way and, and families and kids and, and all sorts of things. So um, I always recommend at least every couple years to to kind of go over insurance needs, maybe mm-hmm. assets, things have increased. You just never know. Businesses might have started a, a venture or something like that. And so it's a great opportunity to just kind of review that, yeah. make sure that the customers has some peace of mind knowing that that every couple years their, their insurance is, is well taken care of. Makes sense. So at least a, a couple years and on those life changes. If you're getting married, you're having a baby or, you know, any of those things are happening is probably a good indicator to pick up the phone and call your independent insurance agent and make sure you're still with the right company and you've got the best coverage. Sure. Makes total sense. So Mason, what types of business insurance are there? Well, there's um, um, all types, anywhere from, uh, so that's another great opportunity as well as for an independent agent is we represent the personal side of insurance as mm-hmm. well as the business side. So if anyone has even a small business to, you know, an office building with some personal property inside for desks, computers, anything, um, we have a business owner's package that kind of helps package all that together all uh-huh. the way to skyscrapers or anything in between. And and so that's a, um, um, as well as a home-based business too, there's a lot of companies that we offer where you can endorse kind of a, um, on your home policy, a, an okay. attachment to it to where you can, you know, insure your home-based business all as part of your homeowner's policy. So the business side is, is we offer that as well from a wide range of anything um, for, for business owners out there. Yeah. And, you know, my next guest, you and Dennis are going to have to pass business cards because as being um, uh, doing taxes for accounting for businesses <laughs> and insurance, um, just saying there's a lot of networking that happens behind the scenes in a studio fit. right here. Yes. So, um, Mason, what um, separates you from the rest of the industry? I know that's why you're here in studio because I only bring the best of the best, but share with my listeners. Why are you so unique? Sure. So, um, I mean, you know, you can always pick up the phone and and call a 1-800 number that you see on TV or advertisements or anything. And and so I kind of bring that next level of service that that really kind of custom tailor insurance needs to to people's situation and circumstances in life. And and, uh, so that's kind of one thing I've learned from a young age is just service, um, 
friendliness. I mean, yeah. that whole, th- you know, to just always kind of take care of the customer, number one, and then the rest has, has you know, taken care of itself from there. And, and as well as efficiency, too. I mean, being efficient, we just talked about the real estate market and how, you know, go, go, go it can be. And, and so the last thing you want to be worried about is insurance and, and how yeah. you're going to get that sorted out or, or have to call and be on hold or something like that. And so that's kind of where I can provide that that next level of service. And, you know, I'm sure I've, a lot of my listeners, um, they may be thinking that it would be really difficult to change insurance companies. And I have to say, speaking from experience, because as you know, Mason, um, we do a lot of business together. My clients come in and they're getting a mortgage and they all have insurance. Even if they're first time home buyers, they're insuring their car or they have renter's insurance. And I always tell them, you've, you know, you've got to just get your information over to Mason. Let, let them do a complimentary quote for you so you have something to compare with your current insurance carrier to make sure you've got the best coverage possible. And even though they've been with these insurance companies for a year, they're changing over and working with you. So, and they're right in the middle of a closing, meaning we're getting ready to close in less than 30 days. And so there's that sense of urgency as well, which typically people will go with the easiest route when they feel pressure of time. But, so it must be pretty darn easy to change insurance companies, right? Absolutely. And, and like I said before, just that efficiency aspect that I bring to the table to really kind of help people make this as seamless of a process as possible. I know that um, some people might get stressed or worried about the thought or, or idea of kind of switching insurance, but that's where I come in to just make it as easy as possible. And yeah. and, um, and and obviously that's kind of why I have a, a job today, right, is that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I provide that, um, that kind of, you know, you know, middleman to the company to just make this as easy of, of a process for people. Yeah. And I have to say, Mason, just recently, um, one of my clients, and I've never seen this, I've been doing mortgages for over two decades. And I don't, I don't know that I've ever seen a binder come back that was insuring for less than the replacement value of the property based on what the appraisal said that would be. And so we called in a crisis for whatever reason, they decided to stick with their original insurance company and not move over to yours, which is unusual because majority do. Um, But then we had to get that last minute and your insurance company was willing to insure it for replacement value. So can you talk about that? And is that becoming more common now with the fact that people are paying more than the appraised value is or What's happening there? Sure. So, um, I mean, as far as, uh, uh, yeah, people are kind of paying over asking price a lot for homes and mm-hmm. things like that. And, and uh, so loan amounts, you know, can be higher than what they were expecting as far as the cost of the home. And, and so really from the insurance standpoint is, is where we look at the, the value of the home itself. So what would uh-huh. it take if this were to burn down, How you know, how much would it cost the insurance company to replace this in it sure. for full value? And, and so, um, I mean, as, as well as a lot of policies that we have have extensions over top of the, the coverage amount that you might have. So in the event something was to burn to the ground, there was nothing left, there's kind of some added coverage in there as well, 25 to 50% over the, the value that we have it insured to just make sure that the, the client can fully rebuild their house, you know, in the event of a total loss. And that's another um, important thing in working with an independent insurance agent, because the idea that two companies had totally two different ideas of replacement value and their company would not insure for true replacement value. I mean, that was a big deal. Um, so thanks for uh, coming in and saving on that, Mason. So if I have somebody listening uh, right now and they want, they need to immediately get their insurance, let's say that they've got an issue, just like I explained, because I'm sure that's happening, and they want to immediately change insurance companies, what do they do? 
call me. It's as simple <laughs> as that. And so if Have someone reach you, Mason. Sure. So if, if someone just gave a, gave me a call, 425-828-7877, um, you can reach me on, on email as well, mason at pnorthwest.com. And I will be on the ball and, and assure you that I will take care of the customer's needs first and foremost, and uh, so that they don't have to worry about those crisis situations. And also, you can call the show at one 855 or go online to themoneyhour.com, and I'll definitely connect you with Mason. And Mason, thank you so much for coming in. First time in studio. I'm, I'm excited to have you back, and I want to you know extend a, a great thanks again for all of the hand-holding and the special attention that you give to my own personal clients. Absolutely, really appreciate Tina. you. It's an honor and a privilege. Thanks for having me. And coming up next in the Money Hour, are you a small business owner? If you are, you need a professional bookkeeper. I have Dennis Graves with Newcastle Accounting and Bookkeeping LLC right here on 1150 AM KKNW after this short break. Do you feel like you are overpaying for your insurance? Not sure if your coverages will protect you in the event of an accident? Mason Mackey with Pacific Northwest Insurance helps families like yours find the right insurance coverage at the best possible price. Mason has helped hundreds save money on their insurance needs while offering a superior level of service. Hi, this is Mason with Pacific Northwest Insurance. To learn more about my practice, call me at 425-828-7877 or reach me online at pnorthwest.com. Again, that's 425-828-7877 or online at pnorthwest.com. Is your small business beginning to experience some success and grow? As an owner or a partner, it can be very difficult to find enough time to address all the necessary business functions. Accounting and bookkeeping is the backbone to a small business's financial records, and you need a certified professional to make sure activities are coordinated properly. However, for many small businesses like yours, hiring a full-time employee just isn't feasible. Outsourcing this critical function to a local professional accounting and bookkeeping firm that has the knowledge and experience to keep your business running smoothly can be the perfect solution. Hi, I'm Dennis Graves. If your small business is in need of assistance with your financial accounting, please give me a call at 425-919-7546 or visit us on the web at newcastleacct.com. Thank you, and I'm looking forward to working with you. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, April 1st show. I'm here to empower our community, providing you with opportunities and solutions when it comes to your money. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. You can call the show at one 855 Again, that's one 855 or online at themoneyr.com to discuss anything regarding money or to get connected with the guests I have on the show. Right now, I have Dennis Graves with Newcastle Accounting and Bookkeeping, LLC. We're going to be talking about small businesses and the need for a professional bookkeeper. Dennis, thank you so much for coming into studio. Thank you, Tina. Thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, all first-time guests, all guys. It's an awesome day here at the uh, the Money Hour in, uh, in studio. A little bit about Dennis. 
the vision and mission of Newcastle Accounting Bookkeeping is twofold. First, it's to come alongside small businesses in the effort to migrate the enormous cost that unburdens that these entrepreneurs have. The skyrocketing cost associated with health care and retirement benefits in particular are hindering the growth of small businesses in the local community that they serve, along with taxes on both the federal and state level, which place an additional burden upon the backs of small businesses. Businesses both small and large are required to match federal tax for Social Security and Medicare and their employees. In addition, businesses are required to contribute to state tax for unemployment insurance and labor industry, which are all costs associated with hiring employees. Additional businesses related to tax include a Department of Revenue tax, sales and use tax, annual licenses, and many other associated with maintaining a business. Operating a successful small business is no easy task. The second aspect is to provide an opportunity for individuals to begin their career in the accounting and bookkeeping field. Many people coming out of college have spent considerable time and effort acquiring the necessary knowledge that can assist businesses with managing and maintaining the most essential function of a business, the financials. Also are numerous individuals who have gained considerable knowledge through work experience, which can be significant benefit to a business. These are two vast resources that can provide enormous value to a business. So, Dennis, thanks again for coming in and um, really uh, putting an, a shine on business owners and needing a professional bookkeeper. I'm all about embracing strengths and really um, doing what I love and what I'm good at and hiring out the rest. And that's exactly what you are for f- small business um, owners. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your professional background, Dennis? Yeah, sure. Thank you. Um, so uh, I went. Uh, I, I started out my career in uh, mortgage, actually, uh, oh, a long, long time ago. Oh, I didn't ago. know that. I was a residential appraiser for uh, Bank of America uh-huh. for a while back in the 90s. And then, um, as you know, interest rates went up quite a bit. Yeah. So I find myself going back to school uh, and um, uh, looking for something as kind of a backup, really. And so I uh, got into accounting. Um, and studied accounting, and uh, so it, it just started to grow from there. And I've been basically doing bookkeeping and accounting, mostly for small businesses, for about the last 20 years. Uh, just recently, I went back to school and uh, uh, earned my MBA a couple, uh-huh. couple years ago. Um, and so last year, um, I noticed that... Um, um, well, I always wanted to start my own business. So last year I decided to just kind of jump in and get started with it. Um, but I noticed that uh, there seems to be a point where small businesses, they begin to experience some success uh-huh. and they grow uh, a little bit. And it's almost a little bit too much for the owners or the partners to actually uh, attend to um, all the, all the um, uh, f- necessary functions you know, of the business. Um, yet they're not quite big enough yet to actually hire a full-time, uh, person. So what do they do in that situation? Yeah. So the best thing, uh, really is they, they try and either find, um, they outsource it to someone or they try and find uh, usually a part-time person uh-huh. and it's hard to find, um, a part-time person. Most, uh, employees want to get full-time, uh, where they can, uh, work full-time and then receive benefits sure. and, and that kind of stuff. So a lot of times, um, small businesses in that situation, um, the, sort of the best answer really is to outsource uh, to um, 
you know, a professional firm. Okay. It takes care of that for them. Yeah, I would imagine uh, most entrepreneurs, they definitely are not good at the bookkeeping and managing all of that because they're good at the front end of the business and really hire a strong uh, professional to take care of the back end. So what's the goal and purpose of your business, Dennis? Uh, the, the goal and the purpose um, is to help uh, small businesses fill that gap. Mm-hmm. And, and that is kind of um, the challenge is that they're not really experts in that field. Uh-huh. Um, I uh, acquired a client uh, last year, uh, right about July, about the middle of July, and it took me about five and a half months to clean up their books. Wow. Um, because there were so many things that were just uh, being done wrong. And that compounds, I mean, to where it can be a complete disaster for the business. It, it does, yeah. And and uh, the difficult part then is when they get down to the end of the year and uh, the s- small business wants to turn their uh, accounting or their books over to their CPA to do their uh, income tax for the business. Uh, if it's such a mess, uh, CPA has to spend so much more time uh, trying to just get things in order for them to do it. Yes. And so if you have a good bookkeeper uh, who really understands things, a professional certified bookkeeper, uh, then they they can make that process a lot smoother. One of the other things I've noticed, too, is that um, uh, I, as I've talked to to certain um, individuals who, who have their own small business, sometimes they'll, they'll say to me, I, I have no idea how much cash I even have in my bank account wow. because the books are so messed up. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's important, especially for small businesses because they run so much on cash. Yeah. Um, and so it's important to make sure that everything's being recorded properly. So I can imagine the importance of having a professional bookkeeper, but, um, line that out and, and what are the key importance of hiring a professional bookkeeper for a small business? Yeah. Well, I think, um, if you're, you know, for for um, a business owner who is looking for someone, um, I think the uh, there's a couple things that you'd want to look for. You'd want to look for uh, a level of education that they have. Of course. And um, and uh, maybe I can uh, maybe I can make a quick mention that I do teach accounting at South Seattle College as well. Oh wow! Okay. So um, uh, my students are obviously the best. Yes. That there is. Of course. Um, <laughs> And you've got to be the best if you're teaching other people and you've got to be up to date on everything that's changing because everything does change in all industries. So that's got to be key, right? Yeah, right. So uh, it's having that knowledge and uh, certifications always help and then um, having that experience. And um, I think one of the big things is that with small businesses, uh, as you mentioned earlier, that it's not their area of expertise, but they need to just turn this responsibility over to somebody and and make sure that it's being done properly. Um, Make sure that the taxes are being paid Mm -hmm. on time, the um, payroll is being done properly, bills are being paid on time. All of that stuff is kind of the engine that keeps businesses running. Of course. So Dennis, do you see that small business owners outsource for the professional bookkeeping and actually continue to use an outsource even as they grow versus bringing somebody internal in-house? Or how do you know when it's time to progress to that that step? Yeah, that's uh, that's a tricky point uh, mm-hmm. for small businesses. Um, it seems like there there is a point where they get a little bit, uh, they get big enough uh-huh. um, where they could actually bring someone in-house. And that can be a good business decision at that point. 
Um, so I would imagine you would probably be one to help them decide when that's the right time, because I would imagine that they've got a, a pretty close relationship that they've built with you, and they trust you with the most important thing, and that's the financials and the bookkeeping of their company. Yeah, yeah, very much so. I, I talked with um, a small a small legal firm here recently, and um, I was chatting with them, and they said that they went through this process. They found their bookkeeper, and that bookkeeper's been with them for like 17 years now. Yeah. Not surprising. Uh, yeah. So once you once you get connected with someone that can really do a good job for you, they have a tendency to stay yeah. uh, with their bookkeeper um, and their accountant. Um, but as the business does grow, and that is one thing that a professional can help you decide when sure. it's that time to transition um, over to somebody in-house if, if that's the direction they want to go. So how do most employers get a hold of you and in contact with you? Where's your business uh, come from, Dennis? Yeah, most most of my business at this point is um, uh, just referrals, uh, uh-huh. word of mouth, um, and I try and the focus that I try and bring is um, uh, a high level of uh, professionalism and quality, uh, along with more affordability. So right now at this point, it's just me. Quality and affordability. That's great. That's yeah. a nice balance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and. Uh, and so if I can do that, then uh, hopefully people will then, uh, that I'm working with, then will yeah. refer me to others. Makes sense. You know. So uh, assuming somebody, obviously the biggest mistake that a small business can make, or one of the biggest mistakes is not making that decision to take the leap and hire somebody professional to take care of the bookkeeping of the business. Um, but by doing that, what is the biggest mistake that you see that they're making by trying to do it on their own? So what area do you see the most challenges coming in for them? I mean, if they don't know how much money they have in their account, there's something (laughs) wrong going on. Yeah, that's a big problem then. Yeah. Yeah, especially for small small businesses. Um, And that's that I think is um, is part of it is Mm -hmm. that if they try and do it on their own, but not really understanding it, then um, it it just sort of spirals out of control. Yeah. Um, The other part of it that I find is uh, small business owners are are doing so much in just trying to attend to their clients yes. that they don't really have the time uh, to spend with it. And that's one of the things that I hear so quite often is that uh, small business owners will say, this is so time consuming yeah. for me, um, but it's a necessary part uh, that needs to be done. Yeah. So and if you're a small business owner, I mean, I just, I just always weigh everything and how, you know, how I feel. And if something doesn't make me feel good, I hire it out because the worst thing is why, you know, why do we want to work and do what we love to do to have some other part of it that we're feeling forced that we have to do, bring down our business, bring down our life, add that stress, that procrastination, and then everything compounds. So I don't yeah. know why any small business owner would not hire somebody professional to take care of that, that key uh, that key part. So Dennis, uh, what does business owner need to know about the accounting and booking uh, or bookkeeping? And should they leave it all up to you? Or is there anything as a business owner that they really need to be smart to certain things in that arena? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think it's really important that um, uh, small business owners are active, uh, involved in uh, understanding their financials because that is going to be the the basis of which they'll be making decisions on. And so it's important for them to understand it, um, not necessarily to understand it to a point where they need to process it, but understand it to a point where they know it's being done correctly 
um, uh, so that it can can be a benefit to their business. Makes sense. The other thing I think that's important is that if they do outsource it to uh, someone else, then that frees up their time uh, so that they can focus more on uh, uh, working with their client, uh, providing, uh, being on the revenue side and providing uh-huh. billable time maybe for their client. Got it. So a small business owner that does have a professional bookkeeper, um, what are key things, indicators that maybe that's not the right bookkeeper or um, they're not doing the company justice? What should you be watching for? Yeah, I, I think there are a lot of things. Uh, typically, small business owners are pretty in tune with their own business. Uh-huh. And so they uh, they can tell when... Um, when they look at things and uh, perhaps maybe the cash is not right or um, uh, maybe bills, uh, strange, strange bills uh, maybe are coming across their desks uh, that they're not um, not really quite familiar with. OK. You know, there there will be some basic things that uh, the owners will know that um, that will be an indication that perhaps maybe things aren't working quite right. So how do you, just we were talking about insurance and transitioning. I got a minute, I got to wrap up the show here, Dennis, but is yeah. it, do you come in and you look at the books and somebody else is taking care of it and go, you know what, this is not, I mean, how, how do you make that transition and that important? Yeah. I mean, do you go in and do free consultation or how does that work? Yeah, I, I usually sit down with people just to try and determine, sort of assess where they're at and really what their needs are uh-huh. uh, at first. But most of the time, um, it's to the point where um, a small business owner, they, they understand, okay, we've got to make this change. And then that's when I get the call. Got it. And, um, and then it, it's usually a significant amount of time and effort to clean up what's, you know, what's already occurred. I'd imagine, yeah. yeah. Dennis, thank you so much for coming into the studio. Likewise, I'd love to see you uh, back in as well. Thank you for inviting me. And this is your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, signing off for the day. Be kind to your friends, be kind to your family, your spouse on this April Fool's Day. Enjoy your Saturday, enjoy the rest of the weekend, and I'll see you, or I'll talk to you, next weekend, same place, same time, right here at 1150 AM KKNW. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC. The views expressed by the speakers on the preceding program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC.